Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 25th of November 2018. This month has been really, really cold and uh, early winter, well, early snow at least, uh, where I, I'm living here in Canada. And I've had a lots of snow up until yesterday when it started some, a mild thaw, partial thaw, a few degrees above the freezing point. I don't know how long it's going to last. Uh, they're calling for a few days of thawing and freezing, and freezing rain too. So it's going to be pretty nasty weather where I am for at least a week probably, and possibly more. You never really know these days because we're getting earlier winters that last longer now because of global warming. And I love the messages we're getting right now because uh, the COP meeting, the, 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 the conference of parties, as they call themselves, they meet to decide our future, all the unelected people that run the world, to do with global warming, etc., and too many humans all breathing carbon dioxide out and using the material goods that belong to the, the, the elite who own the planet, basically. And the whole idea is to bring in a, a controlled socialist system under the banking system and run by so-called experts, unelected, that'll manage them all like a big bureaucracy, unelected bureaucracy that'll manage us all as we go down the tubes and die off gradually for the next 20 years or so. At least that's the plan. And they've been quite vocal about it in the past. They hushed it up after World War II to an extent. And then come about the 1970s, they started to get more open about it again with eugenics and too many people, too many of you, that is. And then they bring out the transhumanist agenda where you're going to have better, more super elites than the rest of you all. This must die off because that's a law of evolution, you see. And fear types are supposed to just die off. But in the meantime, you can play yourselves and get drugged as much as you want. Lots of sex, just don't have children. And the state will deal with all the, the, the fallout from that for you. Pretty well for nothing since the taxpayers pay for it all in the first place. It's a wonderful system, isn't it? Perpetual childhood. And uh, it, it causes no problem to those who own the planet. And who have planned their future uh, for centuries to come. At least centuries. But for you, you're supposed to just be happy and play yourself in perpetual childhood until you die. There you go. Loss of entertainment like never before. But in the meantime, they must have you all believing that you're causing the problem. It's all your fault. And you must believe that you've got to start obeying the experts because they, they want to bring in tighter control for the whole agenda of Gen 21 and 2030 and all the different parts that they're going to play through the century, the century we're living in now. But it's still for the whole 21st century. They've written the whole agenda out for you, including the population reduction that's to be uh, hit a particular number towards the end of the century. They love their numbers and their figures, don't they? They really do. So you're living in a big, big uh, script. That's all it is. And they have their markers basically put out there alongside the calendars for the years to come and dates to accomplish things and things like that, you see. That's what it's all about. Meanwhile, you, you, the whole planet has to go this way, remember, for those who can't quite figure it out yet, with the borderless world and so on, and massive police forces that will be just like the, the movies they churned out for years with dysfunctional dystopian societies. Uh, with very poor folk going, just dying off basically, hungry, etc., across the planet. And these armies of goons with machine guns that just simply manage you as it all happens. And, and gangs are fighting each other and so on. Well, how do you make that happen? Well, guess how you make it happen. Do you really have to watch all the movies to believe it? <laughs> how do you think they're going to make it happen? Look around you. Look at the countries across Europe. Watch it all. How do you think they're making it happen? Because hmm? most folk really, who are really perfectly conditioned will, will always think that things are just accidental. Everything's accidental. These are the same folk who vote. They actually still vote. Some of them are in their 80s and they still vote. And I've said before, if voting worked for the people, it would be made illegal. It's not meant to, to work for the people. It really isn't. The voting really is, is just a, a conflict of parties who are supposed to, supposed to by the, the owners of the planet, go through this little charade every few years 
and they can stuff their own pockets and get thinking rich off the off the schmucks below, uh, and and go through the pantomime of, of playing games and, and and talking nonsense to each other and, and calling each other names, and that saves the public from having revolutions. You see, that's what it's for. So that's all it is. They they they're allowed a, a limited competition, according to Carl Quigley. They're allowed a, a little bit of competition in parties at the top level of the parties only to see who gets to play uh, pretending to run the, 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 the country for a few years. And they can do their little quips and little deals and all that as long as they get the agenda uh, continued. They must continue the agenda. And if they, if they don't, of course, they'll have a collapse or a scandal and out they go. It's, qu- it's quite simple. And uh, every member of every party, every party is a member of the same organisation, the CFR. Royal Institute for International Affairs. They're all, every one of them. So it doesn't matter about parties. The same agendas go on. Every party will sign their conference of parties for the climate change nonsense and so on. And each party will sign more loans out using you all as guarantors for the loans to other countries on behalf of the World Bank and the IMF and all the rest of it. And uh, the, the, the agenda never falters. The same con goes on with uh, central banking systems, uh, run all by the same people, a small clique across the whole planet, making money out of nothing, backed by nothing, and constantly inflated, so, so it's, it's worth less and less and less purchasing power. What a racket this is, isn't it? And yet, most folk will never... They, again, the condition is so fantastic, it really works with most people. Most never ask why. They think it's normal that things that 10 years ago will cost you 30% more in 10 years' time. You know, I mean, that's, that's how they see things. What, what's normal? Where's the law that says it must be? It's not gravity, you know. It, it's a clique deciding how much money your money's or this, this, this paper or plastic or whatever type they're using is actually worth. It's a complete racket. You don't have the right to say. Why don't you have the right to say what it's worth? Why not? It's just somebody's idea that the clique of gangsters is basically agreed upon all to go along with. That's all it is. There's nothing backing it. Nothing at all. They get awfully rich at the top. They're like they're living like oh, beyond kings of, of even ancient mythology. Actually, you know, beyond all of those ideas, they're way beyond all that today. These these guys at the top, with the kind of material wealth they have, they really do. But they make sure that you all live and you know, always running and scraping and running and scraping, trying to keep up the same standard of living as the prices go up and up and up, and the whatever currency you have is getting worth less and less and less. It's a complete con. And folk, even when they save money, at one time they used to get a little bit of return, a little pittance return, considering that your deposits are loaned out so many times over the course of them being in the bank at tremendous interests across the whole planet, and you're getting a little pittance back in return. What a racket that is. And then there was no, pretty well, no return for quite a few years recently. And they still ended out, though. And for every dollar you put in, they can recreate, they can create $9 extra out of that $1 you deposit. But what a racket. Why, why can't you do the same thing, eh? Why can't you do the same thing, hmm? When you go into the bank say, here's a, here's a dollar now, put down $10 there in my deposit. Do you realize how farcical the whole system really is? And what a racket, what a, what a corn, eh? When the whole planet has to go along with it. That's phenomenal. It really is phenomenal. Well, that is the world in which we seem to be born, eh? And uh, it's a tightly controlled system, very tightly controlled. And youngsters, like all mammals, look to the adult of the species to warn you about what's dangerous to you. But the system that your your parent or parents are brought up in condition them too to believe that the nonsense they're told is real. Well, there's this strange thing called debt, and uh, and um, and money goes up and down, and they sell debt across the world. They sell the debt. Uh, and it goes on into this farcical realm. It's, it's worse than Alice in Wonderland. It really is. It's so convoluted, nonsensical. 
That's how bad it is, isn't it? But we're all trained to believe it. And every politician knows it too. Of course they're all on their own. Everybody knows it. The higher up they go, the more they know it. <laughs> they can't get away. But again, they get paid more to keep ahead of how worthless it really is, this cash system. They get paid a lot more, so they, they still are better off than the peasants below, you see. But again, most folk will say that. I remember reading years ago about there'll never be another communist revolution. And they were comparing maybe the the 90s to the for university studies, but, but it was for it was in the papers, and, and they said that uh, there'd never be another communist revolution that, that brought on, for instance, the the Bolshevik one. Even though again, it's another story that one too. But um, because folk at one time really were peasants fighting for basics like food and heat and things like that. Today, with a welfare class system. And, and a perpetual welfare class system is getting bigger and bigger as there's less and less work in the Western countries. Then you, but you keep them well entertained. They have their cheap entertainment. They're guaranteed to really afford the basics and their electricity is paid for them. Their heating is paid for most of them and so on. And so they, 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 they'll never get to that stage where they'll unite to, to overthrow anything, you see. They would, over, they, would, they would unite to keep their welfare system, actually. Because like any other system, it's addictive. Systems are actually addictive. You, you, they've done so many studies of prisons and long-term remand homes. or um, and, and again, prisoner studies from youth onwards done through folks' lives. And they do find the same thing in, in military, in any big military system across the world, and, and so on. The, and, and psychiatric hospitals, this thing called institutionalization. People do get institutionalized to the system, and the routine of any system that's familiar to them, e- even if it's pretty horrific at times too. Routine will keep you going to an extent, but by the same token, if you have all the goodies and food, Guaranteed food and warmth, uh, bedding, things like that. Then that's a form of security, and especially in institutions, barring air raids or something on a country, those institutions should continue. Therefore, uh, you have a better bet to surviving in them than you have outside in society when society is going down the tubes. Because inside institutions, you don't have to worry about getting a job. You don't have to worry about that. You don't worry about how can I sustain myself? How can I maintain myself? How can I feed myself? How can I pay off debts? It's all done for you in, in these institutions. So when you think about it, you see, you can be in welfare and you'll get to know, like a lot of the countries, I've done some stories over the years on the welfare system in Britain and elsewhere, uh, from people on it where their children start to call the, the social workers and the, the agents that are sent out to, to see them. They start to, the children actually call them by their names and auntie so-and-so and uncle so-and-so. Uh, these are social workers they're talking about because it's like part of the family. And these, these social workers, auntie and uncle, so-and-so, will, will take care of any problem that comes along. So as a child's growing up, and there's a counsellors at school too, in a socialised system, any decision-making is, is done. There's handover form to, to these people who, who fill all the things out for them and take care of it for them. They're completely socialised in a socialist system. They're dependent upon it. That's the key. You also have familiar stories of, say, ex-convicts who get discharged. A lot will try to get back in for the winter if they're on the streets, for instance. And they'll smash a window, anything at all, just to get inside for the winter. And I don't blame them. I mean, who would, especially in a country like Canada, for instance, where it's freezing. And, you know, you would do the same thing yourself. They get fed and so on. But in the socialized welfare system... And that's money, and it depends on having a big a, a class of of unemployed, 
Margaret Thatcher talked about that years ago in Britain. She says we need unemployed, a lot of unemployed people, to keep the price of labour down. When there's so many folk looking for a job, it's a field day for the employers. They can hire you for less and less money. Everybody's competing for that job. So this goes back to, to the old system, which was debated in the late 1800s to do with uh, what is economy for. Because at one time it was heavily debated uh, what is the purpose of things. Well, the economy uh, and versus was meant to serve society, the people. And under the whole, this idea of what they call liberal capitalism uh, for the Industrial Revolution, for instance, that got swept under the rug until people were just, you know, they were just... Uh, the tools to, to be used, abused, and run into the ground or into the grave for the product, for high profit, for, for the folk who owned it. And that was horrific, a, a horrible, horrible time across Europe. And Britain was one of the worst because they called that the sick man of Europe because it literally had no compassion, no welfare system, etc., etc. And folk were burned out. They, they, were, they didn't get hospital treatment, anything at all. If the, the person got sick, you, you died, quite simple. And if the husband got sick and died and there was a wife and children, they'd be out in the street before you knew it and people would pass them. Lots of writers talked about the ones they passed in the streets until they would die off one by one. That was not, that's not a humane system and that was not a system there to serve the people at all. And that system never really goes away. It never does. It can move around the planet as it has done looking for the cheapest labor. It can have uh, facades of caring but it's the same system, and uh, it's run by elitists, of course, that believe they're better than everybody else. And because they own so much, they think they have the right to dictate how everybody else should live on the big global plantation. That doesn't change. The trick, again, in all times, is getting the slaves or the peasants to, to worship them and obey them. And therefore, they give you... You, 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 don't, think of, you don't think about the... The trick that Britain used across the world for its, uh, this empire. And in some countries like uh, Canada, for instance, and uh, America too at one point, but Canada and Africa and other countries too, they would, they would often communicate to different chiefs of tribes and so on. And they would call Queen Victoria the great white chief, the great white chief. Some of them would call her the, the mother, the mother to create this image of a of a, a familiar family figure, a mother figure that would take care take care as they took and were to get the resources right for the for for the crooks who, who who ran owned Britain and based in London and owned the banking system because that's who created the empire, folks. And that their own relatives, in fact, appointed as lieutenant governors and lieutenant generals of different countries on behalf of this entity called Britain. But the people back in Britain got nothing out of it except the debt and, and the payment to pay for, for the troops abroad and so on. But um, that's what they, they were trained. They trained the people to believe in the great white mother. You know, she was like a white goddess sort of thing. Something that was supernatural almost until, until they saw her as a supernatural figure, this great mother. You know? It's astonishing the tricks that were used. Well, when, when people th- think that there's a, a kind of godlike person, a human presiding and living in their lifetime over this massive part of the planet, and they're very simple people, it's much easier to control them. Much, much easier, you see. Today, you've got the same thing happening, but you're given, oh my God, we've got these super, from the TED Talks, and so these super gods of technology, and these are the ones that you must follow because they have a rightful place in society, being so rich and so on. And they have the right to dictate how you should live and what you should say and not say and what you should do and not do and so on and so on. Understand, it's the same thing, folks. But simply using much more sophisticated marketing tools to publicize this image over our heads and to us, of course, and onto us until we obey them all because that's the agenda, folks. That's the agenda. And the flimsy excuse of democracy that was used as a battering ram to conquer the planet, that's what it was being used for, is gradually being discarded. And they're training the people and the youngsters not to even look for democracy 
because you see, the ones who gave you it never believed in it in the first place. It's a tool. It's a tool, this thing called democracy. You're always given a partial truth for you to believe in, and then you get the real truth that you're not told about. That's how it really works. And you think about, I gave the talks about the, from the Club of Rome's own articles in their books. The Club of Rome's a big, massive think tank set up again on behalf of the big boys around the planet. One of their jobs was to find a way to get the public to obey, to simply obey and follow dictates of this, this ruling elite. And, but you must blame the people and get them to believe that they're at fault for the planet going in to, to, to hell in the handbasket, basically. And so they were given the task, they said, in, the, in their own book, uh, the task to find a way to convince people to go into austerity, to obey, and to use less, eat less, consume less, and do what they're told, and so on, and breed less too. Uh, and so they, they said we came up with, uh, look, after looking at all the different things they could use on the public, to, to con them basically, they said that they, they, they hit upon the idea that, uh, that famine and and, and, and global warming and the like you know, Famine, drought, global warming and the like That would fit the bill to terrify the people into obedience The Club of Rome The Club of Rome also were very vocal about the fact That democracy had outlived its usefulness It didn't work And so you'd have to go into a, a different kind of mode, you see What they're talking about is what they call technocratic rule now, all systems are not democratic or technocratic anyway. And even the so-called democratic ones behind the scenes are technocratic anyway. But there's, there's degrees of technocracy. And if you look at the Soviet system, which is the union of Soviet socialist republics, that's an important part because socialism and the Fabian society for, for, for Britain and Europe, it's the same thing, same group put out there on behalf of the bankers, the folk who ran the Bank of England for the famous society, who helped fund it and so on. It's a fascinating story altogether. And uh, the big families, the big lords that uh, financed uh, the Fabians into existence and kept them going. For instance, the Astor family was one of them. You'll find anybody who's anybody was a member of the Fabian society, and often at the same time, and the Royal Society for the so-called science and economics and all the rest of it, and any kind of science. And you definitely need to be a scientist for economics because it's all a con game, you see. I mean, they go beyond simple two and two is four uh, into all kinds of weird things with deductions and percentages and et cetera, et cetera, until you're left with nothing. That's what it's all about. But anyway, Maynard Keynes, they helped bring you the Bretton Woods Agreement where they took the currency off gold standard, the whole idea being to make it more flexible, as they said. <laughs> currency more flexible, eh? He was also a member of, uh, a deep member of the Fabian Society. On behalf of the bankers, he was also a great friend of Victor Rothschild and, and others too. It's all the same clique. So you could say the bankers, the international bankers, preferred this idea of socialism, you see. But because they couldn't get it across the whole planet fast enough from the Bolshevik Revolution onwards, as the second big experiment they called it, the U.S. being the first one, and the Soviet system being the second experiment, they hoped it would flash across the planet, and it didn't quite take off that way with the people So across the world, so they had to draw back a little bit and still pursue the idea of socialism and bring it in through the back door, the Fabian way, the slow way, you see. And that's exactly what they've done. Next thing is to train the public through UNESCO, for instance, United Nations, and and uh, the, the Julian Huxley technique, train a, a culture in the children step by step, every few years, update it a bit, update it, update until you are where you want it to be. And uh, the children will do it. They'll be the perfect uh, citizens for the system you've built to come. They're already brainwashed for it, and they'll accept it all. It's quite fascinating and very detailed, actually. When you go into the university, you study is constantly studying on different, what do you think and what do you think of this and that? And they've got all these different questions they've given them for the last 50 years. They know precisely when they can go for, for it. They knew for it precisely, for instance, when they could push gay marriage and, and, and the percentage of folk 25 and under that would accept it. They'd already prepared everybody for that through their education. It's quite fascinating. We can be trained to believe and go for anything, actually. And that's what Bertrand Russell knew as well. But for those who, who are not quite uh, up to speed on it, or, or even most folk didn't care, as you know, 
I mean, how can you compete giving fact uh, to people in an age where they want fiction, lots of fiction and entertainment to pass the time? So it's, um, I understand that, I understand it perfectly well. People are trained to avoid, and Russell said it too, that they train the people to avoid hard thinking or, or worrisome thinking and train them to be egocentric, basically, and even hedonistic and narcissistic. Well, they've, they've done it awfully well. Awfully well. And they, they, yeah, they turn books out about what they would do. Narcissism, hedonism. It turned folk into how, how, thinking about nothing but themselves. And when they're doing that, they're not thinking about their own survival because you need other folk to survive even. You do. Uh, so, <laughs> And you don't care about what's happening in the world as long as you get your little few tokens at the end of the month that you can survive on and keep yourself happy, etc. Pay for your entertainment. And think about yourself, self, 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 as we all go down the tubes. There's nothing you can't do with the public. If you have a unified system mandated by law, which is your education system, standardized the United Nations for your indoctrination, there's nothing you can't do when you can make sure that every, every year, every single year, another few crops are put in, two or three crops are put in, of youngsters with perfect, laid-out brainwashing step-by-step Worked out in advance for the next 20 odd years or so. There's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you cannot pull off. There's nothing you, can, you cannot make them believe. Nothing. It's fascinating, really. There's always a small percentage used to scrape through uh, and be so unaffected by, the, the, by being caught. And that's what Bertrand Russell said, too. He said, every year, a few. I've escaped through the net. He says, but eventually that will become impossible. Now, what we're talking about was the coming mandatory psychological evaluations that they could do every other, even two or three times a year for the child's life, his school, and figure out where they need tweaked, etc. Figure out who had the, the, the abilities, who could see through things, who could understand them, and more importantly, that you could actually verbalize them. To others, that was the, what they had to be caught, trained, given grants and so on, and scholarships, and brought into the helping the elite. And Russell said, if they will not join us with those abilities, they could become problems because they can communicate what's, what is real to other folk and wake them up. So they would have to be annihilated, basically, <laughs> eradicated. Yeah, uh huh. That's what you're dealing with, folks. Look how many youngsters, especially young guys, have been brought up with all the medications under different nonsensical and literally imaginary diagnosis of this farcical system that's now psychiatry and psychology. Complete farce. They just invent terms on the spot. And any young guy that can't sit still too long, which most young guys shouldn't if they're healthy, the teacher notices it the whole bit and they're put forward for drugs and they're put on drugs. It shrinks, literally shrinks their brain, folks. And we're trained to accept that as well. Hmm? What? What? Mm-hmm. Folk think we're living in normalcy. You can look at all the old writings for intuition, uh, for, for booklets for teachers from, say, the, the early 20th century up until about 19... Well, even up to the World War II, I guess, if you could get hold of them. And they tell you that they knew it was imperative to have these little school breaks every, at least after about an hour and a half to two hours in the morning, then another one for their lunch, and then one, uh, at least one in the afternoon. Uh, because young guys, young men, have energy. They've got to burn off. They're not the same as the girls. And I can remember from five years old onwards, when we got these breaks, I don't think I knew one guy who didn't run all over the place. You ran everywhere. And it was great. And you burned it off. And when you got back into the classroom, you could sit still and listen for a while. That was normal. So this farce of giving them fake diagnosis, and these, often these are leadership qualities that these young guys have, is literally drugged out of them. And then they tell the parents, what a great con job. 
uh, and I understand this too, that they said who they'd target actually with their brainwashing to make sure the children uh, accept this and etc. It's just phenomenal what they've done through all the different magazines that are read, etc. Oh, yeah. oh, well, they say that, experts say, experts, you know, experts. It's amazing. It's the same thing, too, with the, the Dr. Spock that they had for a long time. Don't, don't scold your children, don't spank them, and so on. Just sit and, 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 and discuss things with them. Well, most parents, you know, when I was small, didn't have much time for discussing things too much because they had too many things to do. But apart from having to discuss things, every child who did something wrong knows about it. I mean, you know that. You just know it, don't you? And uh, But Dr. Spock had this whole thing, you see. He was pushed from the top, and the same groups that pushed Eden Kinsey reports too, and that was the Rockefellers, etc. And again, Eden Kinsey was all fake stuff as well, meant to destroy society and bring in all kinds of real perversions and pedophilia on children. They wanted to, to basically stop the youngsters from basically being able to see through things. And, and to stop leadership abilities. It's quite fascinating, really fascinating when you go into it all. And Spock said that uh, eventually, towards the end of his life, he says, because they, they, they'd, <laughs> they'd taken away all kind of tuition. I mean, children need to be taught by parents. Forget, forget this. Teachers are change agents, more so than ever before. They prostitute any ideals for big paychecks, folks, to indoctrinate children into the PC world of the masters. They have no problems accepting those big fat paychecks. They have no problem saying, oh, let's little, get little Johnny and drug him, because he's a wee bit active and he asks questions in, in the classroom. Well, Spock said towards the end of their life, he said too, with, with giving them no guidance and so on, letting them do what they want to do as children. He said, we've, we've risen a generation of psychopaths. That's what he said. Well, you think they didn't know that, 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 that they wouldn't necessarily be psychopaths, but they definitely have psychopathic qualities and traits. And it faded in awfully well the hedonistic system that Russell wanted to promote too, to disable society. That was the function of it. It's hard for people to believe and accept that there are people who really work together like a, like a military force, but without the uniforms. And they have titles and ranks and all the rest of it, and universities and throughout the system, but they actually work as a force to destroy society and you, and disable you. It's hard for people to accept that. It really is. And it should be too, because in a, in a, a normal, very old society, say a primit, so-called primitive, which is natural society, Anybody who tried to con you and fool you and change your way of surviving and living, you'd have to deal with them, wouldn't you? And they would deal with them very quickly. But in a socialized system, don't do anything yourself. Don't even think of anything. Don't even decide anything. Let the experts decide it all for you. Well, I'd love to send them back in a time machine to the caveman and go into his cave there and start telling about his hygiene or his cooking methods or he, he can't eat so much meat and bong, I think a bong in the head with that big club there with that caveman would put an end to that argument immediately. You understand what I'm saying here? We're trained so well not to behave in a natural, independent fashion. It's a completely scientific system of indoctrination. And it's all through your, your, your education. It's all through the novels that you read. All through the fictional stories that, you, that they're put out there in movie form for children all the way through to adults. You're constantly being brainwashed. Constantly. And the trick with fiction is so that you don't notice, so you get a hook of a story to keep you watching it. And along the story, you're really getting fed indoctrination after indoctrination after indoctrination. Until it becomes your indoctrination. I read just uh, the other day there in, I think, a British newspaper of... Uh, because all the big boys now who, who own you, the ones who say that they're, they're the rightful... They're the rightful brain that you should be using. You know, it's their brain. 
and, and they should have the right, and they have got the right, they claim, to tell you what's... You understand, you're watching an incredible transformation of debate, which is being cancelled out. Any, there's no debate anymore, but there's either their way or no way. In a debate, you have to have different points of view. And at the end of it, you, you just shake hands and, and say, okay, we, we can agree to disagree. That's called debate. That's not allowed anymore, if you notice. It's, it's just one way, and that's it. Here's what you must say. Here's what you must not say. Here's what you must think. Here's what you must not think, etc., etc. That's how it is. It's complete intolerance under the guise of hate. And, and def, for, hate is meant now to close down any discussion of anything. Anything. That's where it's meant to go. That, that is not uh, along this solid path of the agenda. That's what it is. Haven't you figured that out? They always start with one thing. You say, well, maybe a little point there on that one topic. Well, maybe. But then they immediately expand it, you see, until anything, or even, even, even criticizing the system, is then hate. And that's where they're going with it all. <laughs> and you have to go into a, a re-education camp, folks. If you don't go along with that and you don't think that, you're bad, bad. It's not having a different point of view anymore. It's, it's been a, a hater. Oh. And the young kids, the young kids are using it in all their social media now. You'll see comments on YouTube and all over the place. Oh, that's, that's a hater. That's a hater. If they don't, if they don't like something that they've just read or, or, or a movie they've just watched. I don't like this movie. Oh, you're a hater. See how, see how easy it is to get youngsters to, to just part this stuff off? Until before you know it, they're, they're Orwell's animal farm. Four legs good, two legs bad. All chanting the mantra in unison. That's how easy it is, folks. And that's why you can't give the vote to children. And, and it isn't just George Soros. Other ones, too, are, have been pushing for a while to give votes to children. Because they can control the children so easy. Give them the candy. Oh, that's a nice man. And the nice man tells you what to say. Well, I'll see what he says. He's a nice guy. He gives me candy. <laughs> there you go. The Soviets knew that. They had the Young Communist League. And, and uh, Adolf did the same thing. Every totalitarian system does it. you got to go back into Britain with the Boy Scouts, for goodness sake, because that was also to create a uniform society. It's always the same, isn't it? They say, well, that's not as bad as some. Well, they all start off the same way. They take youngsters out camping and so on. They all do that. All of them did that. And then the kids start to admire those that, that take them out and see, you know what they're doing. Uh, and they, they, they can light, save fires for cooking and things like that, you know. That's how you start it. You give the children uh, clothing, a little uniform. And often, I can remember talking to a guy who, he'd been in Poland when I was uh, really young. But he'd been in Poland, and, and he literally was drafted into, pretty well into the Hitler Youth very early. And he got out before the, the war started. But, but he, I said to him, well, what made you join? He says, and, and I could understand what he was saying, because... It was no different than, say, the army cadets and, and the scouts in Britain. He says, well, there was a depression, a worldwide depression at the time. And uh, the kids were across the world, but it's no different from Britain, you know. And he said, that, that, you know, it was hand-me-down clothing all the children had. That's what they had. He said, suddenly, as soon as these guys come along, they give you the first set of new clothing you'd ever owned in your life. And they clean and all, and they taught you how to, to keep it that way and look after things and so on. And then take you out camping and, and it's, like, it's like a father figure if you're a guy. And that's how it's done. That's exactly how it starts. Then you bring in indoctrination, you see. The communists, young communists, it was exactly the same thing. Same thing. They all use the same techniques, always, always, always. And that's how really it, it's done, isn't it? It's quite simple, it's not difficult. You understand human nature. And psychology, behaviorism, and neuroscience, and uh, you, you manipulate folk very, very easily, very easily, for the better or for the ill of society. And as I say, they start very early with perfect systems and indoctrination today is better all the time. And to make sure they, they'll always be on board with the ruling masters of the planet, who've, who've always got your best interests at heart, you know. That's what they keep telling you. They're nice people. In fact, they're superior and they're geniuses that run the world, you know. They give you all this technology. No, they're not. 
The ones that you're given invent nothing. They don't inventions by others, but they invent nothing. They're money, folks, that's all. Let's just get into it. I can't believe the time is racing in like this. I want to mention some. Uh, it ties in, I suppose, really. But there's one article, for instance, Francis to embed regulators at Facebook to tackle online hate speeches. Uh, here. Now, I, I saw a little clip. It was to do with an organization. I think it was for Facebook, actually. They're using a, a company in the Philippines to censor, to manage and censor what they call hate speech. Now, again, hate speech goes into just not agreeing with things now. That's how they're expanding it all. Uh, so it's to close down any debate on any any topic, etc. It's, it's their way or no way. That's how it's all going. This is Francis to embed regulars at Facebook. So I don't know if they'll be using the same ones based in the Philippines. Because even Bell Telephone, I found out, if you, if you, if you have a, a problem with the phones, they go through the Philippines as well. Uh, you begin to wonder if this is a hub now to manage... Because after the telephones too, they listen to everything you're saying, right? <laughs> I mean, this is that part of it as well. And I'm back to the same problems with my telephones, by the way. That was when I was on uh, one of the talk shows, RBN, for a long time. My telephone would conk, I'd be on at 8 o'clock, and it would conk out at 20 past. And when the time changed, went forward and so on, it would be 20 past at the hour or whatever. But it was always 20 past, either 8 or 9, depending on the time shift. They've simply moved me over. This is Bell Canada. They'd move me over to another set of line. Like you think there's four altogether, wires or something, at the switching box up the road or wherever it happens to be the nearest one to you. But apparently some, some automatic computerized thing switching was conking out at 20 past eight. When I'm on the air live, eh? And I, I phoned the phone and phoned and couldn't get anywhere with uh, Bell Canada. But then the company that they used in the US on the show traced the fault up to the exact switching station in Canada and told Bell Canada the problem and, <laughs> and they fixed it. However, they moved me on to another line that, that ends up uh, uh, going all fuzzy every spring when the snow starts disappearing. Nice disappears because it takes half the insulation what's left on the lines with it, I think, along the fields or something because the, the systems are so... It's like turning it a third world country. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm back on the, I'm on the phone Every other night at um, and at twenty past nine, I think it is now. Just gone twenty past nine. It comes out again on the dot every night, and, and I had to phone up and complain. And I thought, well, gee, they're because they'll move back to the other but two bad lines, you see, where, where I'll get fuzz, fuzzy and crackling and popping, and I won't be able to use the phone half the time. This, this is third world. That's where we are now. This is at least, and in third world countries, you can have great, great service for everything if you're very well known and very rich. That's how third world countries work. And that's how we're working now as well. So there you go. Anyway, back to hate speech. I, I think that they're, they're, they'll all be using the same hubs for internet and telephone, landlines and cell phones and so on, through the same systems, obviously, to cut down any chance now of having alternate opinions on anything pretty well. Right down to just complaining about things, then there'll be hate just to complain about something. And that's where it's going with everything, isn't it? There is. Uh, so it's quite understandable what's happening. There's no mysteries. Anyway, I'll put this, this one up and a couple other ones up too to do with the regulating of speech now. Anyway, where else, what else did I have to say here too? Yeah, there's to do here, to do here with uh, the upcoming COP24 meeting. And uh, this is the, the conference of parties for the next part of the, the, the so-called climate debate where they're going to take more money off you and more money off you. To, to so-called, it's not to solve the world's problems in climate, it's, it's to make you poorer, bring in austerity, give more power and money to, to the UNFCCC, as they call it. That's the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, they call it. A big joke of a thing it is. It's meant to take money off you and bring you into austerity as you obey them, as they pretend to save your the world and your lives. You have to be crowded into the cities, Agenda 21, and anything outside the cities is unsustainable, etc., etc., etc. Like maintaining roads, my telephone lines and things like that. You see, that's really what it is. That's the COP24, they're all going there to, have their, to waste our tax money again with all the, all the non-governmental organizations that attend it that we don't know how to vote for. Once again, eh? That's how things are, isn't it? David Attenborough will be there. And okay, this is the guy who came out publicly and says we have to kill a lot of people. Lots of other ones have said the same kind of thing too. But uh, David Attenborough came out a couple of years ago and said, made some really <laughs> amazing statements 
on the need to start eliminating people, you know. And uh, it's just astonishing how they get away with it. And it, they always make, see, they always give you your heroes and zeros, and they elevate people like him up to the, to the top. So the young children will follow them. Oh, well, he likes funny, fuzzy animals. He's a nice man. But you understand, these are eugenicists that don't like people. What was it David Suzuki said? Same thing, he was elevated on. But he's a geneticist, Suzuki. And, he's, and the, 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 the YouTube um, clip is still there. He was talking to his students at one point. And um, from years ago, and he was talking about maggots, people just being maggots. And there's different levels of classes of maggots that live off the, off the droppings of the maggots above them. This is what he says. You're always giving your leaders to follow, especially the children, folks. Always. They're nice people. They like animals. They must be good. And again, climate change, warming gas concentrations at new record high. They, they always throw all these all catastrophes as the, as the meetings are, are coming up. And they just shower all these catastrophes out there. And, and all the, the latest disaster movies just get churned out. Oh, my God, volcanoes everywhere. It's all your fault, mm-hmm. etc. you know. Then they're going about, oh, well, too much CO2. Too much, you breathe that out, you see, and so does all life form. You breathe out carbon dioxide. It's your fault. So they want to cut it all back, you see, to pre-industrial levels and so on and so on and so on and so on. But it's so farcical, the whole darn thing, isn't it? So, Because when you look at some of the other articles that unfortunately come out for them at the same time, eh? Humans are off the hook for African mammal extinction. Ah! <gasps> Oh, they'll be, they'll be gnashing of teeth and sackcloth dashes with this one, eh? So they've been blaming us for years. Oh, that's where all the animals are dying off because of humans. And, and it says, new research has disputed a long-standing view that early humans helped wipe out many of the large mammals that once roamed Africa. Today, Africa broadly has five species of massive plant-eating mammals and so on. But millions of years ago, there are many more types of giant herbivores. So why so many types vanished is not known, but many experts have blamed our tool-using, meat-eating ancestors, the dirty, rotten scoundrels, eh? Hmm. But now researchers say the mammal decline began long before humans appeared. Well, I said that years ago. Hmm. I could have saved them all that money. Yeah, because we've had many ice ages and, and, and end-of-life extinction, etc., all that kind of stuff. This is right in the journal Science, Tyler Faith from the Natural History Museum of Utah and colleagues argue the long-term environmental change drove the extinctions, mainly took the form of an expansion of grasslands in response to falling atmospheric carbon dioxide. So because carbon dioxide was falling back then, these big animals died off. Well, guess what? They want us to die off now. They say there's too much carbon dioxide, even though it gives you all your trees and everything. You see, it's not meant to be understood and logically understand this, this whole global warming stuff. And there's too many. It's to make you believe you've you got to ban human breeding, except for very, very, you know, the, the proper kind of people. I mean, I'm not kidding you. This is stuff that they published even 120 years ago about the breeding thing and banning breeding and who will get to breed and so on. This is just under another wrapped-up disguise, that's all. And lots of well-paid, you know, prostitute scientists that live on grants anyway to go along with it all, even though this has been one of the coldest beginnings of winter, I'd say, early, you know, that I've seen so far in Canada. And I'll be in winter here uh, all the way up through into April, sometimes into May. Yeah, it gets longer and longer as as a horror about global warming. See, you've never had static anything. Like, like there's hardly a year ever, ever the same as the previous year. And they know this. Most folk can't remember. So they can play havoc with your memory, you see. Oh, it's always been chaotic because of you. <laughs> so pay up, eh? Pay up, for goodness sake. There you go. Another one, two stratospheric aerosol injection tactics and costs in the first 15 years of deployment. They said they haven't been doing it now. They said they have been doing it, blah, 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 back, forth, back, forth, back. This is where they play with your brain all the time, eh? Hmm. But they're only testing it on you, for goodness sake. Hmm? And Yale University and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, telling you about this. Well, we're not, we, well, we wouldn't spray the skies for good, as you watch it happening for, since 1998, continuously. Hmm. But again, truth doesn't matter in this day and age, eh? Doesn't matter. Facts don't matter either. Facts don't matter in course either. 
quite amazing. Also, too, now that, that we're going to have soma across the world under, under marijuana and cannabis and so on, as we go down the tubes, and we won't fight the very fact that we're dirt poor, because that's where we're all, we're all supposed to go, folks. Um, under austerity programs under the United Nations, I've read them for years, they're, they're, they've published the programs for our very near future. Made in India, drugs based on weed will soon be allowed too. And it's always to help cancer and pain management and epilepsy. It's always for nice reasons, you see. And, and, and so on, that's what it's for. But as soon as they, they make it okay, then they, they make it for recreational reasons, <laughs> which is always the goal in the first place. <laughs> and the big boys are on it too. But it's so much time. You understand it's so much time. And they don't care about you all being stoned because you won't be working anyway. Uh, but you'll be well uh, managed and, and compliant because I haven't met folk who are stoned yet that cause problems for the for the for the people who who they're, well they're slave masters I suppose the ones who own them. Also to do with the, the U.S. Um, migrant caravan, as a filmmaker, me Horowitz, he did a uh, an investigation there and talked to the folk in the caravan to get some real facts out. And it's quite interesting that we found out from the folk in them as opposed to what apparently they're showing them on television. We talk to the people involved, and this is quite interesting. I'll put that one up too. And then this whole farce with Brexit. I mean, Theresa May had no, never wanted to leave. Uh, she said that years ago. She was all for staying in the European Union, and she's just dragging her heels because her bosses, the folk who own Britain, and Britain is owned by the same bosses, folks. Uh, that owns Theresa May, but she knows her bosses what they want, and the bosses are the city of London where the top international banks are based, basically. And that's what runs the world. That's this, this clique of banksters. The guys got a different method of of counting than you do, you know, uh, because they have to go to university to learn their con games, and then they manage to, to always, you know, they never balance a budget afterwards and uh, things like that. And, and they say debt is good for the whole planet as long as they're lending it out, and they live off interest, so they're, I guess they're right. I guess it, to serve themselves, oh no, to serve the public, that's right, I keep forgetting that. So anyway, attention grows as Spain threatens to pull the plug on Brexit deal. They, well, they want Gibraltar, the Rock of Gibraltar, this, um, this big base that the Britain has there for, for God knows how long. But uh, that's what they're really after, is the Rock of Gibraltar. So uh, they want that back if Britain becomes sovereign again, so they say. Everybody's after what they, what they want. The countries don't care. You know, every country has got this as little dominant minority elite running them. Every country knows it. You can go across Africa, you'll find the same thing. It's always the same story. But they always say, we, the people, they don't, they're the people. The people don't even know what's going on half the time any more than we do. They always use this, this con game. Well, we want this Gibraltar back. Well, I'm sure the public, the folk don't speak, don't, don't, don't give a darn, to be honest with you. No, you don't. You know. As long as they get food on the table and all the rest of it, they're like anybody else, that they're, they're happy enough. Also, as his school has 17 children changing gender, as whistleblower claims, autistic pupils are being tricked into thinking that they are the wrong sex. This article here. It won't matter anyway, because that's, this is part of the agenda too. When they can make the public believe anything at all, as Brian said in 1984, as he's torturing Winston. He says, Winston, he says, if I see I can fly, then you'll believe I can fly. And if I see I've got five fingers up and there's only four, you'll believe there's five. You'll believe whatever I, whatever I tell you, and you'll keep changing it, and you'll believe that too. Etc., etc. Mm-hmm. That's how it is, folks. That's all part of it, too, isn't it? Also, I've said there's been a war on the public for even before I was born, long before I was born. A real war, a, 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 a planned, published war of how they would even do it from the publishers to the people themselves. <laughs> and it says British girls are amongst the heaviest binge drinkers in Europe, reveals the World Health Organization league table of 36 nations across the continent. Of course, they're studying us for everything, you see. And then you find that one in three women has an abortion and 95% don't regret it. So why are we so afraid to talk about it? It's just just fetuses, not human life, as we kill the elderly after that. And then you start killing folk who you claim might be terminally ill. And then folk who are a bit depressed, they start killing everybody, eh? Britain faces a liver disease epidemic as the rates of cirrhosis rise sharply in younger people. And the government faces renewed calls for alcohol controls. 
See, that could be a conspiracy by, by, by all the organ transplant business, eh? And they're trying to get you on dope instead. <laughs> so you can save your liver and then get that and sell it. <laughs> That's the world in which you live, eh? But there's nothing. I mean, folk have been encouraged to drink until they drop in Britain for a long, long time again. Because this is part of the war on, on society. When they see no future for themselves, that's a part of the war, isn't it? And even the purpose of what used to be the functions uh, that are being destroyed, destroyed, destroyed. The family unit, blah, blah, blah. Destroyed, destroyed. Even the culture, destroyed, destroyed. And in the massive war on the old culture, if you still have a memory of it, that in itself means you're a bad person because you remember it. And you wonder, this is what, what people, and they said in the Darwinian system, in evolution, this is if you, if you destroy the culture, try to bring in a superior culture, mean, mean folk coming in who are superior, but if you destroy the culture, the people will turn on themselves and become nihilistic and, and, and they'll, they'll destroy themselves. You see it, don't you? Purpose, you see, must exist without purpose is finished. And then all the ones, the, the rat pack who gets in on it for money, the, the, for filthy lucre, as they say, making profits off, uh, off misery. But Celine Dion unveils gender-neutral clothing line for children. We're just proposing another way to take away the stereotype, they say, you know, because apparently there's no men and women or male and female. Also, law-breaking Scottish police database gets bigger, it says. Details of almost a million Scots are being held on a police database that breaks the UK's anti-snooping laws. Well, that doesn't matter now. And it won't matter until you stand up together and say enough is enough. End of it. No more. But you won't, will you? You won't. And the US Farm Bill could legalise hemp as well. Everybody wants to get in the act, naturally. And suddenly morality just changes just so quickly, doesn't it? When you see those dollar signs there. Mm -hmm. Quite some. Also, you've got this article too, to do with hiring politicians to companies like Facebook. It's a threat to our democracy. Well, there's no democracy. It's by a member of the Green Party. But it's just the saying what we all should know, and, and most of us, I think, do know. About the fact that, again, they're point, appointing these supposed, you know, special, special brainy folk, supposedly, that never did anything in their lives except to live off a public purse, um, ahead of us to make decisions for us, the unelected people, with, and they put them into the communication systems. Was it Nick Clegg, the former Deputy Prime Minister of Britain, recently been hired by Facebook, and he's got a lot, a lot, you have to look at his background to see who they're talking about. It's interesting to see who he really is and so on. Also, Wyoming billionaire pledges to protect 30% of the planet by 2030. Hans-Jörg Weiss leads a conservation effort to epic proportions. Well, again, who gives them the right to run 30% of the planet? Huh? under some farcical pretense of helping to preserve it. You understand what's happening? And always under the nice terminologies to help everything and to save the world and, and so on. Just like the, the UN biosphere racket that ends up, you find in small print, it gives them the right to allocate certain selective mining companies to go in there and mine if, if need be. What you're seeing is monopolization, folks. And that's what's really happening, isn't it? And I've rushed through this like crazy, and I don't really mean to. But the fact is, that's where we are with all the all this nonsense that's going on right now. I should really have spread it into another week, I suppose, too. But I know I know intentions of prowling on that, like I never do. <laughs> when I start start going, actually, there's so much really, uh, and and to talk about. But again, it's it's like preaching to the converted in a sense. And to those that are aware, but there's always new folk coming in all the time, and that's another part of it too. Because if you get through to the youngsters, and there's always a few here and there across the whole planet that, that know there's something very, very wrong, and they start to ask questions. And if they can find a place that starts to give them the basic facts, and I, I don't tell them what to believe or what to, I just, here's facts, you know. Look into yourself and come to your own conclusions, because they will come to the, the, the right conclusions with, with the right facts, you see. And hopefully there will be some more that have escaped this incredible net that Russell said they were spreading across the world to catch us all into 
But uh, let's hope we, we keep getting out of this net because Russell said eventually their techniques of finding out who you were very early on would stop that your ability to basically expand your mind and be a problem. Really, yeah? Remember, you can buy the books and discs to com or donate to me and, and go into the website and find out how to do it, hopefully. And that'll help me take along here. And I better get off now because it's way past the amount of time I was going to spend on it. For myself, Alan Watchman, here in Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your God's go with you. <laughs>